0: been interesting as usual um very interesting watching what's going on listening to what people are saying i'm i'm detecting a small tiny tone of confidence and that's a good thing (laughs) you gotta look for it you actually gotta look pretty hard (laughs) but it's out there and it's growing so that's that's awesome you know i think uh Oh, one of the things that people ask, well, how long do you think it will recover? Well, you don't really know, um, but the fact that it will recover, I'm pretty confident of. Why am I confident? Well, because you've got 330 million people in this country, and all of them are in the habit of eating. Um, that's a really hard habit to break, by the way. <laughs> and they're all in the habit of, of living in some place, and they need shelter, and they're going to need clothing, and probably some dishwashing detergent. <laughs> so in other words, they're going to live life and you got to have products around to do that. And if products can't be produ- uh, produced at a profit, they won't be there. So anyway, the demand was curtailed by the government's shutdown, not by the public, not wanting to buy anything. So I got to believe, you know, is it going to be straight back up? Probably not. You know, Fits and starts and you know, a lot of small businesses have actually been shuttered. Uh, incidentally, small businesses get shuttered every day, every week, every month, every year. Normally, this uh, just sped that process up quite a bit. So it may take a, a little longer than it would normally take to recover from that when you've got a slightly larger numbers uh, that are declining or, or going out of business. That, that's really tough. But I got to tell you, there are a whole bunch of college and high school graduates, as you're all aware of, if you've been watching television, watching them do their um commencement exercises through an online service. Most people are coming into the workplace. They're going to want to buy stuff. That's basically how this whole thing works. And uh anyway, so I've got a, uh, um oh, yeah, I almost forgot. This is kind of big, actually. <laughs> So there's a program that's out there and there's actually an alliance of insurance companies that have gotten together and um are basically bringing what used to be uh mainly in the realm of large corporations they're they're bringing a product they're bringing pension products to the general public. And the really cool thing about this is you do not have to belong to a union You don't have to have a job that has the pension. You can do this yourself. You can actually sign up for what amounts to a personal pension program. And it's really good. It's extremely competitive. Extremely competitive. And I'm just really excited about it because I know most people crave certainty. They want to know. I can't tell you how many people. I've been doing seminars now. For 30 years. I've been doing uh, the radio program since 1996. And anytime I, I say the phrase I'm about to say. Okay. People will stop. And listen. And And the phrase is. When it's actually in response to a question. Well what do you think the market is going to do. In the next six months. Well I know exactly what it's going to do in the next six months. And this is where everybody gets quiet. <laughs> I know exactly what it's going to do in the next six months. And you can hear a pin drop in the seminar, on the phone, in person, anytime I say that. And then they, they get the answer. The stock market's going to go up and the stock market's going to go down. That is exactly what it's going to, and you know what? I have never been wrong. <laughs> it's gone up and it's gone down <laughs> and then the look of disappointment comes over and, and you know i'm uh, I'm amazed that after all these years, <laughs> the people still ask that question the uh, <laughs> stock market will go up, <laughs> and the stock market will go down. Now, uh, uh, what, what's tough is, and I know what they want to hear, and then and, and it's some certainty. And that's why there's these new product developments that are coming out across the entire industry, it's not just one company. I have one that I like the most. And I will tell you, it's nationwide. Right now, I like nationwide. But I'm also going to tell you that these companies, it's not going to take long for other companies to figure out what they're doing and duplicate it. Despite the fact that they have several patents on this process, they will still figure out a way to duplicate it, kind of like software. Can you imagine trying to write software for a living with all the programs that are out there, people and all the apps that are out there? I think there are over billions of apps now. But anyway, so you need something that's that's unique, and this is going to put into people's lives something that they really crave. They crave certainty. They crave a promise. That's what they crave. That's why the bond market despite the fact that it's paying next to nothing right now, the bond market is more than four times larger than the stock market is. Why? There used to be an old saying, gentlemen prefer bonds. Well, if gentlemen prefer bonds, it's because they don't know what they're missing. And they haven't known. And yes, they have preferred bonds because bonds give you an interest rate that's stated. The company or government entity says this is how much we're willing to pay each and every six months or every year. Some of them are actually monthly, but it's a stated fact. That's why they call it fixed income. They're going to pay that to the best of their ability. And then one day they're going to give you your money back. That's what a fixed income investment does. That's why they call it fixed. The income is fixed. The maturity date is fixed. The date that they're going, uh, the amount that they're going to pay back is fixed. Okay. Hence the term fixed income. <laughs> and you've got lots of different kinds out there, lots of different types of bonds. And then you have you have annuities that are fixed. You have index fixed annuities now. The annuities, by the way, there are thousands, literally, literally They're... Actually, there are more different types of annuities than there are stocks. Did you know that? There are more different types of annuities than there are stocks. So when somebody says the word annuity, you have to ask them, what kind? Which one is it? And it's like the same way. You should buy a stock and you'll get rich. Really? Which one? <laughs> it's it's the same thing except for in annuities. Now you've got Multiples more choices than you do in the stock market. There are there are at least ten times the number of types of annuities out there than there are stocks. That's mind boggling. So, and, and a lot of them, if you if you can't understand what they're saying, don't invest in that one. Just don't invest in things that you don't understand. That that's a big deal, and that that really. I'm sure a lot of people think that they don't understand anything they're investing, and in. that's true for the most part. A lot of people, I can tell you, it's not their job; it's not what they do. So, in that case, try to get with somebody you think you can trust. Yeah, who's looking out after your best interests, and that's a yeah, that's kind of a big deal. But anyway, it's getting easier. That part, you know, it's getting easier. I'm looking at one of the products right now, and. When you're buying these annuities, you're buying a, a basically a pension plan. They tell you they they have a website. And if you want to if you wanted to email me or call me, uh go to my website, bulletincapital.com. I will gladly forward you the uh email address. Uh, not email address, I'll gladly forward you the URL. That's basically the website, a link to the website where you can go in and you can see based on what your age is and how much money you're putting away. You, they'll give you an estimate. It's free. Put in this much. This is how much you can expect to re- receive at this age. And I think I think it's a really good deal. I mean, I, it's, it, I think it's a wonderful deal. When you look at you know over the last five years, the standard blended fund. If it this is a all stock fund, no bonds. By the way, over the last five years, bonds have not done. They actually have done the same as stocks. So I guess you could take this across the board. The returns over the last 5 years are a little over 3% a year. That's it. Last 5 years, the stock market because it's been so volatile is just a little over 3% a year. And if that sounds really good to you and that's exciting, great. Call me up. <laughs> you are easy to please. <laughs> and um but these uh and these guaranteed products by the way, uh are guaranteeing more than that. Okay. Yeah, I got to find out on Monday through their compliance departments what I'm actually allowed to say. <laughs> I really don't know. I just got approved. I just got the notification, so it's been approved to add this to my mix, and I think it's really good. It puts some, some certainty or at least gives you some uh, stronger guarantees to guarantee income, and that's what we're really talking about here. It's not the investment returns. And the investment returns of the stock market in general over long time periods Are incredibly difficult to beat. Here's the here's the difference. You're looking at over twenty year rolling time periods. That means twenty years. If you don't have a twenty year life expectancy, you got to look at what you have. And over a ten year period, let's say ten years, you know the stock markets had negative rolling ten year time. What is a rolling ten year time period? Well, let's say you went back to nineteen seventy or sixty seven, or the Dow crossed a certain number and then 1968, I'm sorry uh, 1967 to 1977 it was actually below where it was in 1967. 10 years later and it's below. Okay, So that would be called a, a, a rolling time period, 10 year rolling. 68 through 78, guess what? Another 10 year period where it's below. So that's a the next 10-year period, the uh, that can happen to you with your stock funds. You can have a 10-year period where your returns are actually negative. Why is that a problem? And then people go, yeah, but in the long run. And I'm looking at somebody who says that in their 60s thinking, you have no clue. You, ha- you are clueless. You're in your 60s. Or actually... I still get it. People in their seventies. There was a uh, gentleman used to go in here all the time. We'd have this conversation. The uh, there's a thing. It's called a you know serial events. Basically, what order do these events come in? That long term average might be ten percent a year. Yeah, but what order did it come in? Those ten year averages. When you're down significantly, and it takes more than ten years or longer to come back. If you happen to be in retirement and are taking money out of that portfolio, you are in big trouble. You can't afford to do that. And a lot of people get that. They know that. Okay. A lot of people aren't. And, and I know, by the way, I, I can. I'm thinking of four people right now who think I'm talking about them. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about four people that uh, think I'm talking about them. Because I'm old, and I've forgotten about the dozens of other people that had the same conversation <laughs> that's not unique. Don't feel bad. I'm not picking on anybody that's a uh, actually'm that's a fairly common assumption. I want the highest returns. no, you don't. The highest returns fluctuate the most. Uh, that may be fine if you're below the age of, of 50. If you're 50 or younger. Yeah, go for it. If you're really, 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 really rich and are not going to need your money in the next 15 years, go for it. If, if you're not really, 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 really rich <laughs> and you're past the age of 50, you better give that a second thought. And the second thought is let's, let's try to figure out maybe there's a way that we can kind of guarantee a portion of our portfolios. To the best of our ability, and then the uh, a small portion of it or a large portion of it, depending on your risk tolerance, your time horizon, all that other stuff, do you have a pension that all that stuff makes a difference. but how aggressive can we be with the stock side? because on the stock side, I think you're going to do very well over the next ten years. Why? Well, I look at valuations they're extremely reasonable, especially when you get outside of large cap u s stocks. If you get out of the big boys in the United States, uh, most of the other categories are extremely reasonable. We'll talk about that in a future show and hopefully a future seminar one of these days. Like when the facility, as soon as the facilities open, we'll schedule a a seminar to talk about this because this, this is pretty exciting stuff. You can, uh, these developments are, are relatively new. These options did not exist a couple of years ago. And that's, that's pretty good. they've improved lately. they've improved. and I think that's a uh, a wonderful thing, especially since the population in the United States is is getting older. As a country, we're getting older. As a country, more people uh, are entering the 60 plus category than in the history of the country. And I mean you've probably heard this statistic somewhere before, but about 10,000 people a day. Ten thousand people a day are turning sixty, and I believe ten thousand people a day are actually qualifying for Medicare. What does that tell you? The uh, the older you get, by the way, the more you money you have a t- more you have a tendency to spend money on health care. Larger percentage of your income goes towards health care costs because your body starts to wear out. I'm not anybody that's that's over the age of sixty five knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anybody that's my age and played college football knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and um, that's a kind of a big deal. So that and, uh, you know, this is another thing that I uh, we've talked about a few days, a few times on the show. But I've just recently gotten together a, a model. It's an aggressive model for those people that want to be aggressive with some portion of their money. And we'll talk about that. A little bit more when we come back from these commercial breaks, uh, from this commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. And we're back. No, I do this every time. We go to a commercial break, I start reading and uh looking around and next thing you know, we're coming back from the commercial break and I forgot what I was talking about before the commercial break <laughs> started. <laughs> Don't get old. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But anyway, you know, we were talking about there's a uh, there's some new benefits that have come out uh, I've just become aware of just got licensed to be able to represent those products because I think they're a very good idea. Um, I think it's something that almost everybody should consider today, especially if you're if you're within 10 years of retirement and you'd like to calm down the the fluctuation a little bit of your investment portfolio but you don't want to give up a lot of return um, Give me a call. I'll send, I'll actually, I will send you the links. You can actually look at all this stuff online. And then if you want to talk more about it, then give me a call. <laughs> so at Bowling to Capital, we are not low pressure. We are no pressure. There's no pressure to do anything. Okay. And if you decide that, uh, you know, if you're looking for an advisor, feel free to, to set up a, it can be a phone meeting or in person. Actually, I've been doing almost all my meetings over the phone over the past uh, a few months. I think you all know why, but uh, but that's okay. Don't mind meeting if you want to come into the office. That's great. See kind of where we hang out during the day. Me, Melissa, Gary. Uh, Brad, by the way, works out of his house. So there's four of us there. There's about, oh, I don't know how many thousands of people that uh, work at E-Trade and, and Fidelity, but those are the two custodians that we work with. We have teams of people there that are designated just to work with us. So it's the best of both worlds, actually. You get the, uh, uh, high touch, high service level of a, of a small firm. And you've got all the benefits of all the features that the big firms have. And they don't tell us what to do. <laughs> so we basically, we work for you. That's, that's kind of how it works. And, uh, man, there's just, there's so much going on. Uh, and not the negative bad news. I mean, that, of course, there's always a lot of that stuff going on. But there's a lot of really good positive developments that are coming out of a lot of this stuff. It's setting the entire world up for the next surge in productivity. That's kind of what happens sometimes when you're hit with a uh, pandemic or other unfortunate circumstances. that, That actually oftentimes leads to growth. How many times have you heard about that even personally? You know, you go through something that's really hard and you come out stronger. And uh, that's, I think that's kind of where we're at now. And I have no doubt in my mind when this is over, things are going to rebound. And I think they're going to rebound quicker than people probably realize that they're going to rebound. And I'm going to run for president in 2020. Just thought I'd throw that in there, see if you were listening. <laughs> I'm going to run for president, though. I'll get one vote at least. Yep, you know, I'll get my own vote, and my whole platform is simplify the tax code. That's my platform. That's all I want to get accomplished. Just simplify it. You know that Russia, as backwards as that country is, <laughs> the only thing they actually lead the world in production is is vodka. <laughs> I'm actually kidding. They probably eat some other things, uh, and there are competitors in certain areas. But all other things being equal, there's not much competition in a whole lot of areas. As backwards as they are economically, they have a flat tax. Are you kidding me? Do you know why? It's because their leader, who's also probably the richest guy in the world, nobody knows his net worth because he won't publish it. <laughs> And you'd probably get shot if you did know and started telling people. (laughs) But he is also, uh, very astute financially and realized the fallacy or the, um, can't think of the word now, how much wasted effort it is to have a tax code that's got thousands and thousands of pages in it. That's idiotic. And I kept thinking, you know, way back over 30 years ago, surely somebody is going to see how much of a waste of time, effort, and energy this is. And unless you went to law school and then got your master's in taxation, the uh, to be able to try to weave those networks and continuously have to go to school because it continuously changed that stuff. Yeah, You guys probably hate guys like me. So if I do get elected president on that platform, I'll probably get assassinated by a CPA. <laughs> Actually, not a CPA because a tax preparer because CPAs do different stuff. By the way, you still need CPAs and you still need lawyers. <clears throat> There's still business agreements. There are still patents. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that they can still do. I just don't think we should be spending that much time, effort, and energy on taxes. That's nuts. Absolutely crazy. You go to a flat tax. Flat tax. And a national sales tax. We got to pay the bills, but you don't have to punish people who are in median and and slightly upper level incomes, and then give the billionaires a break. Billionaires don't need a break. Yeah, they can afford it. <laughs> and you know, a lot of uh, by the way, a lot of billionaires, you know, don't care. But a flat tax. You know, I'm saying a flat tax, twenty percent. And you adjust the, uh, whatchamacallit, the personal exemptions based on the cost of living in the area you live in. Cause it costs a whole lot more money to live in New York, New York City than it does in Copley, Ohio. <laughs> like a whole lot more. So, uh, and that would, you know, everybody's going to argue over that. So what? It's not as much to argue about. <laughs> That's only one argument. And you get rid of thousands of other arguments by saying, Flat X. <laughs> And think about that. And you know where I first got this idea? I was working with my father and we were remodeling a house, old house. I used, I love old homes by the way, but right. cause we fixed up a bunch of them and it was amazing. This is way before HGTV it was amazing. What you could do Make that old house looked brand new and the, the, the bones on a house, You know, they used to actually, the two by four was actually two inches by four inches. That's why they called it a two by four. It's not two inches by four inches anymore. (laughs) It hasn't been for decades. But anyway, they were very, a lot of the old houses were built very sturdy, had good bones. So we're taking apart some of that stuff, building second floors on, putting dormers in attics, all kinds of stuff. And I reached down into one of the eaves. The Back then, in those days, they didn't have insulation when these houses were built, mostly around the early 1900s. And I reach and I pull out a paper, and it's actually the Cleveland Press, the Cleveland Press from the early 1900s. And I'm looking at it and going, wow, look at that. They're looking at, I was looking at the cost of clothing and all these coupons they had in there, and I'm like, whoa, that was really cheap. And then... I see this, something that looks like a coupon. I start reading it and this is actually a tax return. It was a tax return. They put it on a coupon size article and said, fill this out and send it into the IRS and you're good. <laughs> that was it. That was the tax code. How much did you make? Okay. This is how much you owe. <laughs> and literally the tax return. Was a coupon in the newspaper? <laughs> now, why can't we get back to those days? I'll tell you why. A lot of lobbyists, I'd probably get shot outside the radio station today <laughs> from the people that that derive their living by figuring out you know loopholes in the tax code. What a waste of energy! What a waste of money! And uh, you can make it uh, fair. And and why should somebody who makes under a hundred thousand? Pay a percentage of their income that somebody who makes over a billion doesn 't have to pay well, that's that's not right that's not fair so anyway that's my whole that 's my whole platform flat tax well uh do your tax return in about ten minutes yeah I know it's probably not going to be uh, by the way you still you still need accountants because you still have to buy stuff you inventory you got to figure out what your profits are. But the way that you figure out profits is you take all your expenses from all the income, voila, <laughs> that simple. I saw Bill Gates making fun of that one day. Yeah, it's because he hires these super high-priced $1,000 an hour tax attorneys to try to figure out some loopholes <laughs> and uh, doesn't realize Yeah, simpler is better. In In many, many, many cases, simpler would be better. And, uh, actually more fair. So I'm going to develop that. I just started thinking about this last night, by the way. So that's, uh, it's not fully complete yet. Next week, I'll give a little bit more information on it, but that's my platform for the 2020 election. I realize I'm a little late. I have no hopes of getting more than one vote. (laughs) But, yeah, that would be my, uh, platform just to get that changed. It, you know, it's, it's madness that we have to, Worry about doing tax returns. That is madness. It's idiotic. It's a huge waste of money, resources. And I know an awful lot of people that work for H&R Block are going, somebody shoot that guy. Somebody shut him up. Yeah. If you're an accountant, you know there's a lot of other accounting work. You have to figure out what those profits are. And uh, by the way, to supplement that, I would actually go for a national sales tax too. Wouldn't be a lot. But between those two, I think it would simplify a tax system, something that gives people, I mean, gives them so much stress every year. It would be so much easier. How much did you make? Okay, send this in. <laughs> How much did you sell? Okay, there's a tax in there. You add the tax to the, the sales price, and the customer pays for that. That makes, by the way, I hear people, wealthy people oftentimes, complaining that people. People that you know are on welfare don't pay any taxes, and they complain openly to me. So, my solution: give a national sales tax. That way, they're paying some taxes. Now, be quiet. Go back to what you're doing. I'm just kidding. The um, but yeah, national national sales tax five, six, seven percent, something like that. That's huge. You know how many products and goods are sold in the United States every year? It's about $22, 23 trillion somewhere around that, maybe twenty-four trillion. Five percent of that, you're talking about over a trillion dollars. That's more than a third that they that's more than a third than they collected all of last year. Voila, <laughs> we're rolling in the dough. <laughs> Flat tax, small national sales tax. We're we're good, and we can concentrate on things like. Educating our kids. That's a big deal. We need, actually, we need a, a bunch of kids going to school, learning how to weld, be plumbers and electricians and, and carpenters. Ever looked into that lately? Looked, looked at the news. There's a massive shortage of skilled workers. Massive shortage. We need to be making it a little easier for them to go to school, get that education. No, anyway, sounds like I'm a uh, tax and spend, but I'm not because that's actually what we're doing now. And I'm not again, I don't like the way the, uh, that's being actually, I mean, this is not actually, this is not a political show, uh, but economics and, and the United States is the only country that teaches economics as a standalone science. Every other teach, every other country teaches it as political economics because that's a bit, actually what it is, you know? I don't think anybody should be able to avoid taxes that should be paying them. I don't think anybody should. And that, that includes everybody. I mean, down to people that, you know, we, you all have to pay, we all have to pay something. But anyway, that's not going to help. Um, and the, the recover the economy is going to recover. It's recovering, uh, as we speak. You just can't really see it yet, except for any place other than the stock market. Uh, the uh, which is incidentally what happens. The stocks generally run out ahead of um, the economy. So and everybody, you know, this is one of the reasons that this is so hard for so many people that are investors for so long. When you wait to see the economic numbers, the statistics that actually get recorded and then and then reported, it's too late. Nine out of ten times it's going to be too late. The market will already have recovered. In fact, the market may go down on that news temporarily because most of it was already factored in. And so the average investor makes that same mistake almost each and every time. And they think that, you know, they wait for the news to be good. That's that's not a good thing. If the news is already good, it's probably already priced in, and more than likely the market start some, the super smart investors start to take profits. So that's where we are now. If you if you haven't rebalanced your portfolio in a while, you might want to. Might be a good time. In fact, the rebalancing thing is the most beneficial thing that you can possibly do. It's the most beneficial. Let's say you start off your, a, your 60, a 40 or which is the most common, by the way, 60% of your money. It's in stocks, 40% of your money's in bonds. You are dying right now if you're looking at your returns over the last four or five years because they stink. They all stink. The, the, uh, it's been rough. It's been a last, it's been a rough four or five years. That won't stay that way forever. And eventually it's going to do, should go substantially higher than that. But the last four or five years, you look at a chart of, stock market, take the Russell 3000, 1000, the S&P 500, look at them all. They're barely up at all. Yeah, it was up a lot from uh, the bottom of the market this year, but it's still not back to where it it started out at. And that story, I've seen this before. So in the long run, is it probably one of the better places to be? Yep, especially with interest rates as low as they are. You can't rely on CD's. You can't rely on government bonds, can't rely on savings accounts or money market accounts because they're not generating enough cash. So stocks are doing well relative to that. Anyway, I hear the music. I gotta take a real quick commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. If I if I have made anybody mad, I apologize. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon.
1: And where you're leading me, I wish I knew how. Been down a broken road now, I've been through that fire. There's angels holding on to both sides of the wire. Like,
0: and we're back. If you have a phone call or question, 216 901 216 and just to be clear, I don't want to uh, really offend anybody. I know you can get in big trouble talking about politics and religion. And I would add money to that list um, or any closely held belief system that you have uh, that uh, somebody challenges at some point in time. I really don't mean anything by it. I just really wish that the tax code were simpler. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I just really wish they would spend some time on that and make it easier. There's no need for that. Uh, So anyway, I'll let that go completely and uh, talk about the uh, desire to generate income in retirement. That's kind of a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's kind of, isn't that what we're all really working for? You know, I, I, I was thinking the other day, back when I first started in this industry a long time ago, I started thinking, I was thinking about, you know, retirement. I was... Fairly young to be start thinking uh, to start thinking about that uh, at that time. I didn't get to, into this industry till I think I was about twenty six or so. But anyway, in the first three or four years, you are you're just swimming in information, and it takes a, takes a while to get your arms around the whole thing. And so, by the time I really uh, realized. You know how much money it took to be able to retire, I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. You are never too young to start thinking about retirement. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated, and this is where I'm going to part ways with the financial planning uh, institu- institutions out there. They make everything so hard, just like the tax code. It's so hard that people give up. They're discouraging people from doing the right things because they're making it so hard. Oh, you got to do this, and oh, oh this is a must do. The uh, no. Bottom line is, you need to put a small percentage of your income away. You got that? That's it. That's all you have to say about that. <laughs> and well, actually, about that particular point. Great. If you want to do a budget, do a budget. Absolutely. Start the top of the list on the budget is what you're going to put aside. Pay yourself first. You should come first. That's one of the things that they said in this industry that they got completely right. And uh, so pay yourself first. Figure out when you're really young. Now I'm talking about this because I have a couple of interns now who are basically trying to. uh, Sorry about that. A couple of interns that are trying to figure out their way around the business, and uh, they've got—they're going to graduate next year with uh, finance degrees. And they don't talk about personal finance. They don't talk about this stuff. I didn't see this stuff until I was out of school for a long time. And it needs to be talked about. Actually, they should start teaching this around middle school because by the time you're in middle school, you've already learned percentages, and that's what you really need to be good at. What's 5% of a million? It's 50,000. Okay. What did I just say there in order to spend $50,000? If you're going to spend 5%, you need a million bucks. Got that. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Now you may, you may not meet need a million with some of the most recent developments. It'll be a little bit less than a million, okay. not a whole lot less. So you got to get to that million. Why am I emphasizing this? Because, you know, it's relatively simple. For every $50,000 you want to have, you should probably have close to a million dollars. Yeah, and you need to tell kids when they're right around 12. And because then they're not not as intimidated by that number. You tell a kid who's in their 20s, they're thinking to themselves, holy cow, if I have to save up a million dollars, by the way, that's the good news. The bad news is by the time you're, you know, 60 it's going to be twice that amount so you're actually going to have to save two million now you've lost them (laughs) you've lost them unless they're super serious about it so you got to kind of ease into that and you got to show them here's the average annual income here's how much you have to put away to reach those numbers here's the rate of return here's the rate of return that you needed. you need to assume something that's relatively reasonable not that you're going to average you know 12% a year with no risk. That's not going to happen. You're not going to average, probably not going to average 10% a year. We don't know exactly what you're going to average, but we do know which asset classes tend to perform the best, no matter what happens. So that's the, uh, but, and by the way, you have to remember there too. There's no guarantee. If you want complete guarantees, you're going to have to put away a lot more money. So we'll be talking about that in the future. I do have to take a phone call real quick. And is this Jerry, the, uh, uh, the options trader?
1: this is this is me, william. um I do have a question uh it's Its actually runs along what you're talking about this morning uh what happened or in my portfolio this spring, I did not estimate or I had no solid feeling that the coronavirus i don't was going to be anywhere nearly as decimating as it was you did probably everyone else you didn't but know that. Just no, but, but <laughs> no, I, you know, I, my wife is a medical professional, but uh, I, I don't think a soul knew it was going to be as ugly as it became, or they'd be a liar or a fool if they did. Yep. But any, anyhow, uh, I so I didn't, I didn't sell. I was foolish enough not to have a floor. I went down with the market. I was down, uh, oh maybe twenty five percent. Fortunately, I put money at the low point back in, and I'm well past where I was come February of, uh, 2020 was the only thing I could have done differently is if I had put a floor in on the portfolio, say 10%, that would have got me out. Uh, well, basically what you're me. asking
0: for is a, uh, you're asking for a magic formula.
1: Well, no, not really. No, I yes, mean, you are. You?
0: you just don't realize don't it. Suggest, because you want to hear suggest. the you want to hear the answer so badly that you're willing no. to be blindsided by your desire you can't well, know that what I
1: was gonna, what I was going to say Bill, if you put a 10% floor no. under your holdings and you know, things I thought that was one of your nope. um,
0: you got to uh, go back and read the website you did it. not read it that's at lookoutforthebull.com.
1: Look okay, 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 my my mistake and I thought that yep. was it I've, obviously I Got the low side but the the high side was uh, was a total fool that's you know, what you get you, for thinking there's absolutely no way one could have begin to imagine it was going to be as ugly as it turned out to be
0: so here's the thing I, that i I kind of live by uh it's yeah. uh is stay in the moment, don't try to forecast, try to observe what's happening right now, and for the vast majority of people that means They're gonna be. They're gonna have a a a breakdown of stock funds and and short term bonds and some cash in their accounts. And they they should have an allocation in mind that they're gonna go back to. So Mm -hmm. when the market's down, when the S and P's gone from thirty four hundred to twenty two hundred, if they're rebalancing, the stock portion's not gonna be sixty percent of their portfolio anymore. It's gonna be less than that. They're actually going to take a small percentage of the bonds and add to the stocks. By the way, they won't hit the bottom like that. There are two types of people that buy at bottoms and sell at tops. They're the lucky and then there are the liars.
1: Right, right. Of course.
0: And and by the way, the lucky never sell at the top and buy at the bottom. They don't get lucky twice in a row like that.
1: No, I'm. I I agree with you entirely. I just yeah. thought by putting a phone underneath it. No, that
0: that's wishful thinking, and I've already tested that a gazillion times, and so have a lot of other people. If if you Google that, then uh, uh, you're going to get. Well, first of all, you're actually going to get a lot of con artists that say that you know this number works, and then they'll show you carefully selective c- selected scenarios where it does work, but when you subject it to rigorous back testing, it doesn't work. There are no magic formulas. In fact, that was written about. In a book called "Technical Analysis of uh, Our Technical Market Indicators," the um, mm-hmm. and you you can see it there. There are a lot of things that could have added value. You and me don't have the kind of time it would take to run mm-hmm. the portfolios the way that the the ones that have been the most successful. And you have to be willing to lose money on more transactions than you make money on. And everybody you're that I going to make
1: it on, big on. Uh, that's what
0: happens. You're you're yeah. you're going to take a lot of small losses, and occasionally you're going to get a big winner. In fact, uh-huh. there, there's a fund, one of the top performing funds in the world, over the last five years. It's up 269 percent over the last five years. Jeez. The last yeah, the last 12 months, it was up 40,000 percent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. 4,000 percent. So if yeah. if you're up 40 times how much were you down by if you're only up 269 now Yeah you're down over 90%. Jeez. So if you want to be the guy that says, "Yeah, I made the 269%." Well, guess what? The uh you, you're
1: going to you, take the lumps with it.
0: You you yes, you got to be willing to do that. And there was this guy, I I I always laugh about this. This guy's his name was Victor Niederhoffer. Uh, the guy was a mathematician. Yeah, you
1: talked about him, I'm sure. Yeah. Because
0: mathematically, this dude was a genius. I mean, he was literally a genius. But he let his personal, his psychological bias override his mathematical ability. He knew what he wanted, and he felt like somehow, magically, he would just be able to avoid that one small percentage of a chance that things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it for an in, an incredibly long time period and he was rich by anybody's standards and he blew up that entire fund in one day and he blew up the fir- he lost all of his own personal money this guy's a PhD mathematician from the University of Chicago where who basically invented securities analysis <laughs> or the study of it and uh, anyway Oh, Jerry, is that I can't believe it.
1: Is that technical analysis, is what you're saying?
0: N- n- yeah, part of it was. But, you know, I'm going to have to finish this next week because I ran out of time. Hey, thanks for calling, though. And uh, for the rest of you, if you'd like to get a hold of me, my uh, go to my website, bollingtoncapital.com. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bollington Capital Report